everyone and welcome to this particular episode that we have actually recorded on Binance. Now, we haven't talked about Binance much in any of our previous episodes, but recently Keegan um, rediscovered a lot of features that uh, Binance has launched since his intermittent use of the exchange. And in this episode, we've talked about three things in particular. Um, how you can earn passive income on Binance just by using uh, an aspect of their exchange called savings wallet. And the second thing was something called a launch pad where if you leave some Binance in there, you can get random tokens um, on a on a semi-regular basis. You'll hear more about it in the episode. And the third thing is we talked about the launch of their own blockchain, which is um, known as the Binance Smart Chain. And we, we gave examples of a number of things that you can do with it and what exactly it is. So we had a lot of fun talking about this episode. We only scratched the surface of what Binance has enabled for its users. And we will continue to explore and talk about other features that um, it has, again, um, enabled for its users. So hope you take away lots from this particular episode. We've left um, the link to sign up on Binance if uh, you, know, you want to participate in any of the things that they offer. And uh, that's all. Let's, let's start the episode. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only. Okay, Murga, let's get started talking about exchanges. In particular, uh, we're going to talk more about Binance, and uh, hopefully we'll cover a couple of other aspects of exchanges that might help you decide, because there are dozens, if not hundreds of them out there, and depending on where you are in the world, uh, the right exchange for you will differ based on who you are and what your preference for, uh, well, based on a number of your preferences. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a thought? Yeah, it's super unrelated. When you started with OK Muga, I suddenly felt super alert and attentive and I felt like I needed to obey your order as if you were saying, OK Google or OK Siri. OK, OK Muga, ask me a question. What is your age? I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why that popped up. Anyway, that's why I was grinning because of the super... I just felt conditioned to answer you um, and obey your orders. Yeah, it was less so an order. I'm not an Android, though. And more of a prompt to, yeah. to start talking yes. about exchanges. So Binance, right? So yeah. um, you started experimenting with Binance because you wanted to experiment more with the services that they offer to write in your newsletter for your private subscribers. Well, that's one reason. Yeah, I was already using Binance, but I hadn't been making use of the full spectrum of services that they had to offer. And they offer quite the wide spectrum of services. So, so what did you find? Yeah, I found Were that... you surprised? <laughs> yes, I totally okay. was. Yeah, there was. So if ShakePay is, and we did an episode on ShakePay not too long ago, if that's one of the more simpler exchanges in the world, then Binance is probably one of, if not the most complex exchanges in the world. Right. Um, and why had you not experimented with Binance earlier? Uh, that's a that's a fine question. I uh, I think I, it just fell off my radar for a while. Uh, okay. Yeah, during the, the crypto winter, so 2018, 2019, I didn't actually do a whole lot of trading, and that's primarily what Binance was. 
provided you? I mean, as in a trading interface, is that what you use Binance for primarily? Yeah, that's what I used to use Binance for. But then I, I stopped trading for those years and uh, I started trading again. But Binance also offers a range of different uh, services that, that allow you to earn passive income, for example, or uh, supply or like take out a loan. So they're a lot like crypto.com in that sense that uh, you can t use your crypto on Binance to take out a loan. So why do you, do you, I guess it just fell off your radar and then you got super engrossed in the services that crypto.com offers. Yeah. Until that, you discovered Binance again or, or rediscovered. Well, crypto.com kind of prompted me to go take a second look at Binance because my, my logic was, well, if crypto.com is giving me all these opportunities to earn passive income, other exchanges, other reputable exchanges like Binance must also be implementing these same schemas in order to, um, well, in order to remain competitive. And I, I was holding Binance coin, BNB, which is now a top three coin uh, for the entire crypto winter. And uh, so I was like, okay, cool, I can make use of BNB. And lo and behold, there was a lot of ways that I could use BNB on Binance. Very cool. So you were prompted to look back at Binance because crypto.com you were like, were you skeptical or did you just want to see competition or competitive rates? Yeah, I was I was looking to see what Crypto.com's competition was offering because right. the rates on Crypto.com are very good. And I was wondering what the other competition was doing to set themselves apart. Right. And Binance was your second go to platform. Yeah. Why do you trust Binance? That's a good question. Um, they got hacked a while ago. I think it was like 20, uh, 2018 or 2019 this summer. Um, they had a $42 million hack and they reimbursed everyone who lost money. Uh, so like they've got separate accounts and some people's accounts were, were drained um, and they reimbursed them all. Oh, wait, so what was hacked though? Like, uh, was where they hacked of where was a particular coin hack? So was a particular token? Sorry, was a particular wallet hacked or like what was the case yeah i believe it was a bitcoin wallet okay. um and like their cold storage not cold storage but like their bitcoin wallet yeah it was one of their hot wallets if i remember the story correctly and uh, it was just due to uh, a particular well it was a coding error that um, intelligent hackers uh, read and then exploited coding error in their hot wallet yeah interesting yeah and how they have their uh their whole setup set up so did insurance cover the 42 million dollars worth of well, the, lost at this point, funds. I'm not sure if any crypto companies had secured any insurance. That's actually a pretty recent development in the whole crypto industry. Uh, right, because insurance companies didn't want to deal with crypto. Right, but now interesting. Uh, insurance companies do want to deal with crypto, and there's a number of companies that have secured insurance to insure users' deposits. Um, but up until then, uh, the good, reputable exchanges were self-insuring, meaning they put a certain percentage of their profits aside for the unlikely and untimely event such as a hack. Interesting. Yeah. We'd have to dig more, more deeply into that because I'd be interested in knowing if Binance reimbursed their customers from their own profits or whether there was an insurance at all. Yeah, I believe that, that that's what happened. Very uh, cool. And they did it in a really timely manner and it was very respectful. And those are all the kinds of things that... Uh, that I look for when picking an exchange. It's and like, the media doesn't talk about <laughs> The media only talks yeah. about the, the hacks that did take million place. Hack. Yeah. And, uh, and how it wasn't resolved. So we, we never hear of exchanges and companies properly taking care of their customers for an event such as a hack. Yeah, that's right. It's also a, a, like just a 
beautiful success story. Like Binance is one That's of the, the fastest growing crypto companies. The world's largest world. exchange too. Yeah, now it is. Yeah, well, I suppose when it, it it only came out in like the early 2017, and uh, I don't know, I can't pronounce the uh, founder's CZ. name. Cz. Yeah, I just call him Cz. Exactly, <laughs> Cz. That's where I was going with it. Uh, I believe like he's lived all around the world. He's lived in Toronto and has some roots in Canada. And uh, his he used to work at McDonald's. So he's he's kind of a rags to, not even kind of he is a rags to riches story and I I just resonate with that and I if you traverse the uh, the ladder of wealth I suppose then I, I do think that you're more in touch with uh, with your user base and uh, rather than just providing uh, like a host of services for uh, for whales or crypto whales wealthy individuals um, Binance I, I I do like to think that Binance does take care of the uh, the smaller people who are just getting started. That being said, Binance is really complex. So uh, take it slow. Very cool. Thanks for explaining why you trust them. Yeah. Uh, I find that most of the times, um, even in reviews, when people talk about, well, this exchange was hacked these many years ago and this happened, and it just seems like a, a factor that people consider uh, taking seriously when they want to have their account on an exchange. But the recuperation of uh, a particular event such as a hack is extreme, you know, as important as the hack itself to see, okay, what did the founders do? What did the company do to take care of this hack and take care of its customers? That's right. Because that determines the success of future any such events, um, I would say, or is more likely to indicate what the future of an event like this would look like for its customers. So it's really awesome that you continue to trust Binance because of the way that they dealt with the situation. Yeah, the reputation was on the line, right? Like they, they could have easily said, oh, too bad, you know, not your keys, not your crypto. Too bad, so sad. Yeah. Crypto's gone. Crypto's gone. But instead they said, you know what, that's our bad. And, uh, you know, this this the whole story could have been a lot bigger, uh, be, uh, different. It could have went a lot differently if it was a $200 million hack as well. Maybe they would have right. reimbursed half the funds, like $42 million, all things considered, for a, a global crypto exchange is, is, uh, is peanuts. But... At the same time, um, hopefully that kind of whipped them into shape to get uh, to make sure that all of their like any and all security holes are tightened up so this doesn't happen again. Right on. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to when you rediscovered all of the tools and um, financial instruments that Binance started offering. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, how many do you want to go over? Because I know there's tons. Well, I, in this episode, I definitely want to talk a little bit about passive income in general and not necessarily how it relates to Binance, but just the importance of passive income and uh, the trade-offs that you're making if you decide to uh, engage in any of these passive income schemes in the crypto world. I'm going to request that we stay specific to Binance, though, because we can dedicate an entire dif entirely different episode on passive income just f to talk about it for financial literacy purposes. but. Cool. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, the kind of schemas that Binance has for its customers to enter into a passive income stream. Yeah, so I think the first thing that we need, and I agree with you. Yeah, the passive income <laughs> deserves its it's an its own episode entirely. Um, so let's start with this. Um, Binance has its own coin, BNB. There used to be 200 million of them, and every quarter they burn uh, a certain amount of them. So let's that, unpack yeah. that. What does burn mean? Right. <laughs> so it means that they destroy the tokens. They take them out of circulation, decreasing the total supply of the token. Making BNB more scarce. 
That's right. And uh, they happen to know and be tuned into the crypto world and scarcity uh, increases people's perceived value of the coin. I like that you use the word perceived. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually a really important word to throw in there because it doesn't necessarily increase the value of the coin. Uh, just because there's less of something doesn't mean it's worth a lot. Okay, and I have a question. Would you would you consider BNB to be a coin or a token? That's a token. Okay. Yeah. I just heard you say coin. <laughs> oh, is that, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I find that coin and token, I know is used a lot interchangeably a ton, but let's refer to BNB as a token because I think it represents more share in the company Binance than it being used as a currency, even though it is known as a cryptocurrency. It's it's actually so funny. BNB definitely started as a token, but um, and this is maybe a small aside, but they've launched their own blockchain and uh, and it looks more like a coin to, to its blockchain, but Why? more like a, a, because it's a, it's essentially the money on that platform. I don't think that matters. Like a blo if we can create a blockchain tomorrow um, and it doesn't make it money. Yeah. I mean, just because something is on a blockchain doesn't mean it's currency. Right, but it does fuel many of the smart contracts, many of the uh, the ways to participate in the Binance ecosystem. You need Binance to do so. Uh, so let's talk about that. So, you know, um, I'm starting to learn a little bit, very little about earning shares in a company. And mm. typically when you earn or when you have shares of a company, you get dividends based on the profits of that company. Does having BNB function as that? No, not directly. So you don't share in the profits of uh, Binance, the company, right. by holding BNB. That being said, the token burn uh, does increase the perceived value of the coin, uh, sorry, of the token. And uh, that can be thought of as giving back to the community in one way, shape or form or another. And that's that's one way. But additionally, if you hold uh, BNB, there's a number of different ways you can get that BNB to work for you on on Binance directly. So let's talk about one way. Yeah, the simplest way. The simplest way is uh, so if you go on Binance, you'll see that they, there's uh, I think there's eight different kinds of wallets, which is a lot. There's one called savings and it's really simple. You go, you deposit your BNB into the Binance savings account and you earn some percentage of uh, of interest on it. I think it's 10 percent and it's paid out in BNB. And that's just your your Binance savings account. Hang on. Yeah. What do you what can you put in this savings wallet? Yeah. You can put BNB. That's it? Uh I believe so, but uh th there's other ways to put other tokens into this savings wallet. Um so like, there's so other That's not just BNB. Um <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's nuanced, right? So I believe they offer the savings product on BNB, but not other tokens. But they offer other savings products for other tokens. So how many wallets there's for a, savings are there? There's one savings wallet. But multiple savings wallet for multiple tokens. Yeah. And you're talking about the savings wallet for Binance. That's right. And what does that do? It allows you to earn a uh, an interest rate on your tokens if you if you're on not, your tokens or bnb on your bnb tokens okay yeah <laughs> okay so i appreciate how specific you get my language to be on this podcast it's, it helps so much yeah you're welcome i, I mostly also just to get it straight in my head <laughs> because if i can get it i'm not sure that our listeners can or you know actually you know what i'm underestimating our listeners you could probably be smarter than me and uh, get everything that Keegan says. Sometimes I don't, though. Um, anyway, so you're saying that 10% APY? It fluctuates. 
Okay. On based on a variety of factors, you log in on any given day, and the uh, the APY, which is just the annual percentage of uh, yearly increases, it, it'll it'll go up and down. So not only is BNB volatile, so is its <laughs> it's the interest rate. rate that it offers its users. Why is that? Why uh, not? What's that word? I mean, why? Why is it variable? No, 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 not why is it variable, but but the fact that it is variable, why is it still something that attracts your attention? Oh, because it's paid out in BNB on a daily basis. Okay, so even if it is variable or volatile, both the price of the token in terms of Canadian dollar and the amount that you get paid on it on a daily basis, the fact that you get paid out interest on that BNB in that savings account on a daily basis is what is attractive to you? That's very attractive to me, yeah. Okay. Right, because so if I'm holding Canadian dollars in a Canadian bank account, I'm earning a very small interest rate and it's paid out monthly. And so these crypto banks, and I, I would consider Binance a crypto bank of sorts, they, uh, they're paying out daily. And they're paying out in their token, which then I can trade for Bitcoin, for example. And that's typically what I do. Like all of the, the passive income strategies that we, you and I have employed as part of our crypto strategy is basically to accumulate more Bitcoin at the end of the day. Okay, but th okay, cool. So that's one thing. You said there were eight other <laughs> wallets, <laughs> but not eight other savings wallets, eight other just different kinds of wallets. Yeah, so there's like margin trading, for example, which is derivatives. And then there's your spot wallet. And then your there's your peer-to-peer -peer wallet. And there's all sorts of different ways to interact with the ecosystem. And they just exploded this. Like they put new features on this thing every single week. It's mind-blowing how fast they move. Wait, if they put it on every single week, how are users adapting? Well, that's why we're doing this podcast. I have no idea how <laughs> users are adapting. I would imagine that users were pretty confused. Okay, well, let's say that that um, you know someone wants to now go on Binance and check out this savings wallet that you're talking about. How? What, what is the most straightforward way that someone can go sign up on Binance, put some Canadian dollar on it or US dollar, whatever fiat currency, buy BNB with it? and then navigate to the savings wallet and then deposit it there? Or like, are you able to just trade Canadian dollar for BNB and then just directly have it moved into the savings wallet? Like how many steps does someone have to take? Yeah, it's a variable number of steps depending on where our listeners are tuning in from. Mm -hmm. uh, so in Canada, I do believe that you can't buy, uh, well, you can't use your credit card in Canada because, uh, well, your credit card transactions are censored if you want to buy cryptocurrency or anything cryptocurrency related with your credit card. Your Canadian bank will block that. Uh, so Binance does allow you to buy with a credit card, though. So if you're in the United States or the United Kingdom, um, yeah, you can go on. So sign up. We'll include a link in the, in the show notes. You can sign up, use your credit card to purchase um, either Bitcoin or Binance directly, BNB directly. Once you have that, then you have a, a range of different options. And I believe Binance will actually give you a tour. Like, you know, when they darken out parts of the screen mm, and highlight certain right. aspects, like they do a pretty good job of walking their user base through the various features they've implemented. And if you ever have a question, uh, there's a, a great subdomain of Binance. It's academy.binance.com built by, uh, uh, well, Dan Clark. We had Dan Clark on a while ago <laughs> and he, uh, he was partially responsible for manifesting that and it's a really great learning portal for figuring out just how Binance fits all together and uh, learning about all sorts of not just Binance, but yeah, just about other cryptocurrencies as well. I, exactly. I kind of like Binance Academy too. Okay, so we've actually just talked about one stream <laughs> of uh, one way to earn passive income on yeah. Binance. 
Tell me more. What was the second thing that caught attention? Cool. So the thing that I'm actually doing most often, and this is where most of the the B&B that we hold is like working for us. It's in a thing called the launch pool. The launch pool. The launch pool. So <laughs> let's let's unpack this. Okay. Cool. Step by step. Uh, when a new company is building their token, it's really important for them to put that token in the hands of as many people as possible early on in its development. Okay. Right. Question so far? No. What are you dating this back to 2017? I'm dating this back to like basically forever. Um so, well, so 2009. <laughs> With a new company? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what like no, seriously. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're like you're saying that not you're not talking about Binance anymore? Well, yeah, actually like when any company Can we talk about Binance though? We can talk about Binance, but hold on. <laughs> When any company does an IPO, for example, and they uh, sell shares for their company, they don't exactly want those shares to be held by few people. They want it to be hold, held by many people so that those many people can trade amongst one another and create volume for that token, like uh, trade it back and forth. Right. OK, that's that's a healthy that's a healthy token at that point. The more people that have it, the healthier that token is Okay. in general. So. This launch pool allows me to... This launch pool is on Binance. This launch pool is on Binance, and I deposit my BNB into the launch pool, and these projects create tokens that I can earn. Where are these projects? So, well, the projects are... There's a whole variety of projects. One was a decentralized exchange. No, and, no, no, no. What I mean is, are they being built on the Binance, on their own blockchain, or are they just random um, IP ICOs that are taking place on their own blockchain and they're going to Binance and saying, hey, we're launching our own cryptocurrency token. Uh, we want you to put it in the launch pool. That, that's actually pretty much exactly how it works. Uh, most okay. of the time though, those tokens are being built on Binance's infrastructure. So Binance bolsters its own infrastructure by allowing you to stake Binance BNB to earn this token that is being built on Binance's You're not really earning it, though. you're just getting it for free. I mean, I guess they can call it. I mean, t technically, earning. yeah, uh, you are getting it, quote unquote, for free. But uh, the reason so why the yours. the like the earn the word earn is used is be because uh, otherwise that token would be a security. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that there's all sorts of regulations that that they're trying to avoid by using that the word earn. Okay. Yeah. Very technical. Yeah. So hang on. So you're saying that the second thing that caught your attention is that Binance has this launch pool where new companies, before they are launched, they give a subset of their tokens yep. or coins yep. to Binance's launch pool. And if you as a Binance user and BNB holder have deposited BNB into this launch pool, then because you have put some BNB into it, you just get free coins from projects that haven't yet been launched. You nailed it. You got it exactly. But, okay, well, then you're just you just get a bunch of tokens that you may or may not want. Exactly. Yeah. And so usually and what, what happens I do, to your BNB, though? Do you just lock it up and then you don't get access to it for the next, I don't know, six months or whatever? It's a it's typically a 30 day period of period of time and uh, they're not locked actually you can redeem them at any point in time you'll just stop earning so those you, rewards so you just deposit a certain amount is there a minimum yeah it's 0.1 bmb which now is like 60 bucks okay so you have to put 
a minimum amount, anything above a minimum amount of BNB into this launch pool, then you just get free tokens, what, on a daily basis or monthly basis? On a daily basis. I mean, how do you know which one of these are complete poop? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so some of them I have deemed to be complete, uh, com complete poop, <laughs> as Murga put it. <laughs> and, uh, and I sell them immediately. I like log on and I, I just sell them immediately. Because but I, you I said they haven't been launched. Well, this is the launching pro process, like the launch pool. Uh, when, when those tokens are sitting in people's accounts, uh, they're now able to trade with them. Like by definition, Binance will set up these markets and allow people who have those tokens in their wallet to start trading it on the exchange. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of how you start a market. Okay. Yeah, because there's lots of it's people... It's like with, kindling. It's like kindling. That's such a <laughs> cool analogy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so you're just getting a bunch of free tokens for putting your... But, but like, okay, why does Binance you know what does binance gain out of you putting your bnb in it and well, then like giving you these free tokens that yeah. you then like later get to either keep or trade it for something else so if you trade it for something else then binance will charge a fee on that trade later right so they make money by you having tokens that you want to trade with okay right whether or not you want to keep them or trade with them they're they're making money okay yeah if you lock up your bnb tokens um then you're not trading with them and that decreases the, the, the supply in the market, right? Increases the scarcity from a market perspective, increasing the value of BNB, right? The more ways to lock up the token, the less people there are trading with the tokens, which increases the scarcity of the token, right? Wow, and they're burning it as well on a like semi-regular basis? Yeah, uh, on a quarterly basis, so every okay. three months. So Binance has some of the hottest tokenomics that I've seen, like what, yeah, I think they might have been like one of the first companies that I looked at that really implemented this quarterly token burn on a like in a meaningful way. So how many did they start with? Two hundred million. And how many are they at now? Um, I think it's more than one hundred and fifty million, but uh, they're going to stop at one hundred million. Oh, so they're going to burn fifty percent of the. So I have a question: supply. Are yeah. they also do they have the ability to increase the amount of BNB that they have? I feel like the short answer is yes, and the long answer is no. Um, but like an ability is an ability. Yeah, I know. I know that my answer was not very good. So, uh, so well, I'm thinking that even if they did have the ability, if they choose to use it, it they would just lose trust in their users, and that, that would be catastrophic. Catastrophic. <laughs> catastrophic. <laughs> catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way to put it. And, and so Binance, the BNB token, is actually hosted on its own independent blockchain now. Uh, and that is run by Binance, I think, but also run by independent node runners, people all, all over the internet that run a computer that runs the Binance chain. And so they wouldn't be able to do it without the permission of everyone else. Interesting. Much like how the Bitcoin network works. So is it proof of stake? What are they using? Yeah, I believe it's proof of stake. Okay. So CZ himself said that he, he eventually wants Binance, the entire company, exchange and all, to run in a completely decentralized way. So without him being involved. Without him being he involved. He just wants to set up the infrastructure. Yeah, which is really quite an interesting take. So I, I like I really respect him for that opinion or that uh, that goal. Ambitious goal. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right on. So the launch pool was the second thing that yeah. you were like, oh, cool, this is new. Yeah. Um, and you'd accumulate. Like, did you just all? Did you just leave BNB in there and forget about it? 
left it in there, forget about it, come back to it every <laughs> once in a while, and and then sell the tokens if I don't want them. Uh, there was one token that I really liked, and I've, I'm like following the project now. It's tokenized hash power, and I wrote about that in uh, one of my re- recent newsletters that uh, like tokenizes Bitcoin hash power, and then it earns oh, yeah. it it earns me Bitcoin on a daily basis, which is bananas. Which is just so weird. It also. is weird, but I love it. Okay. Yeah. So how does this project make money? Uh, that's a good question. All right. Yeah. Let's cover that in a different episode altogether. It's a big topic. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. So then, okay, launch pool. What's what else? What ah, talk about the NFTs, Binance Smart Chain. Like, was that the third thing? Cool. Perhaps? So yeah, you can interact with Binance Smart Chain from the centralized exchange. But hang on, talk yeah. about what Binance Smart Chain is. Yes, that's a good that's a good point. So Binance Smart Chain is the Ethereum blockchain on Binance. Uh, so Wait, let, say that a different way. I'm going to say that a different okay. way. Um, I'm going to try to not use technical language as well, but that's like really tough because I, I need to use the word virtual machine, but that means basically no nothing to no one. Okay, so you're basically saying that what Ethereum does for people that is allowing and enabling a platform that... Uh, or uh, Ethereum is a platform where other people can start their projects on yep so you don't need to have your own blockchain you can just use ethereum it's like you don't need to have your own internet if you can just use the internet um so in that sense that's what ethereum did for people who wanted to have tokens for example but didn't want to start their own blockchain cool so you're saying perfect jumping point there we go yeah that's what binance smart chain is so it's basically what ethereum does for other people except they have like Binance Smart Chain is smarter, better, faster, <laughs> cheaper, 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 I would more say efficient, is the, the more updated. Point. Yeah. And how do you think they're going to keep up with um, like keeping it updated? Well, this is this is actually one of the cool aspects about blockchain in general is most of it is open source. So all of these smart contracts or uh, decentralized applications that are built on top of Ethereum are published and open source. So these Binance Smart Chain developers can just go copy that code base, essentially stealing it, but it's open source, so it's not stealing. So they copy it and they can just paste it and launch it on Binance Smart Chain. And that's really low effort, right? So they can just copy what's working on Ethereum and move it to Binance Smart Chain and they get to leverage the the speed and the the cheap um, aspects of Binance Smart Chain and not have to deal with the $150 contract. transaction fees on ethereum when you say cheap can you just elaborate that elaborate on that a little bit more yeah so every transaction on binance has costed me between 10 cents and a dollar 50 and every transaction i've done in on ethereum in the last year has cost me between five dollars and two hundred dollars okay yeah so what so with respect to the binance smart chain how else are you invested in it no, that's that's about it, actually. Um, oh yeah, actually, well, we minted an NFT, an NFT on uh, Binance Smart Chain on something called Bakery Swap, and I do have like a bit of a rule that we don't invest in food, but this <laughs> this was an, a small exception because uh, we're playing around with uh, with minting NFTs on a variety of platforms uh, just to get acquainted with the For space. For a couple of local artists that we're working with, by the way. Yes, exactly. Um, and so you uh, interact with Bakery Swap. Yeah. To mint an NFT. And that's just exactly like the NFT platforms on that you see on Ethereum. So mint, uh, Mintable, Rarible, OpenSea, etc. Um, all of those are Ethereum-based NFT platforms. And Binance has its own set of NFT platforms that, again, are way cheaper to interact with. 
So how do you think Binance is going to keep up with this? Because if you're saying that they launch new features very regularly, I mean, how many features can you launch until you run out of features to launch? Well, there's innovation taking place. So a lot of these DeFi protocols are, are just they're just a straight up innovation. Like they just didn't exist before Ethereum created the capability for them to exist. Ethereum is really responsible for smart contracts, and then they're blowing up into uh, into a lot of the other blockchains in the space, and the other blockchains are doing it better. I would say that Ethereum is uh, responsible for the explosion of the use of smart contracts, but not smart car contracts themselves. Cool. I like that. That's more concise. Cool. So then with respect to Binance, we've talked about the savings wallet yep. among eight other wallets or seven other wallets that exist. Uh, but those are for trading purposes mostly, would you say? Yeah, there's, sorry, say that again. There's like three or four trading wallets. Is that kind of what you well, were highlighting? Well, in the beginning, you said that there's eight different wallets and I want to talk about the savings wallet. So I, was, yeah. I just wanted to do a quick recap and um, like ask you, with respect to the seven other wallets, are they all with respect to trading? Yeah, uh, okay, more, cool. more or less. And there's the other one is the Launchpad wallet and it's like the Earn wallet. The Launchpad and the Earn. So within the Earn wallet lives the Launchpad interface. But that's not the Launch Pool you talked about. Launchpad, Launch Pool, they're <laughs> they're actually different, <laughs> but they work very similarly. Okay, what's Launchpad? Uh, okay, Launchpad was what we discussed. Launch Pool is where you can pool your tokens with someone with other people who have similar you tokens. You said Launch Pool before. Did I? Yes. I, I apologize. I hope our listeners listened right to the end of this episode <laughs> so they can so they can retroactively uh, fix it in their head. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's Launchpad and there's Launch Pool. Yeah. And Launchpad is where you get these random tokens just by keeping BNB in the Launchpad system, mechanism, wallet, whatever. Yeah. And Launch Pool is yet another thing. Yet another thing. Works similarly. It's just with a wider set of tokens. So like I could use that uh, like XYZ token to earn um, ABC token. And what? yeah, I know it's weird. That's, so that's is... a whole other episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to recap, uh, there's a savings wallet where someone can just leave their BNB in it and they get a beard depending on the interest rate for that day, more BNB in deposited into that wallet on a daily basis. That's right. That's basically interest on them using the Binance savings wallet as their savings account that's right and using bnb as the token of choice yeah correct okay that was the first thing the second thing is uh, the launch pad where if you deposit some bnb into it you just get random tokens for having bnb in that wallet yeah and then you can do whatever you want with those with those tokens yeah okay and then the third thing is the binance smart chain right and that is where you can mint an nft yeah. Or start your own project. Start your own project, launch your own smart contract, interact with the decentralized applications. Name uh, one decentralized application on the Binance Smart Chain. Uh, PancakeSwap. Wow. <laughs> you, you said something about not in, investing in any I'm not invested in PancakeSwap. <laughs> okay, so what is PancakeSwap? Pan PancakeSwap is a decentralized exchange wow. and liquidity farming platform. Okay, yeah. yet another and topic. Yet another topic. Liquidity farming. So I can name a couple of other projects that, that might pique some, some interest. So we've got PancakeSwap, BakerySwap, uh, Bitcoin Standard Hash Rate Token, which is the one I wrote about. 
Um, and then there's a thing called Alien Worlds, which is an NFT platform uh, where the NFTs can be consumed and played with in a video game in a virtual world. And uh, that's that's kind of interesting and weird. And I love I love use cases like that. OK, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. So passive income, passive income, getting random tokens. Yep. And to sell for Bitcoin, being able to emit your own NFTs or launch your own project on the Binance Smart Chain. Right on. Cool. Among a lot of other things. Yes, we just but scratched the surface of what Binance is doing in this world. Cool. Yeah. Well, if any of those things enticed you, our audience, we will leave a link for you in the show description, the show notes, and you can go sign up on Binance. And if you have any questions, please always reach out to us. We've actually been so happy with the number of people that have been reaching out to us uh, recently, answering their questions or answering whatever query they might have with respect to their crypto journey. So thank you. We love it. We love hearing from you. That's amazing that, um, you know, we get to interact with our audience. To, uh, yeah. And, and hear about where they are and, and their curiosity and be able to satisfy their curiosity and inquisitiveness. That's pretty cool. Thanks so much, everyone, for reaching out. Um, this is a request. Please, if you're watching, sorry, listening on um, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. That's the way that the computer or the Apple podcast algorithm decides that our show is good. So it's, yeah, uh, that's what it takes to be validated by the computer. So it would be amazing if you left us a review and uh, not only give us the five star thing, but also write something because that's like a book that's like getting five stars um, in the algorithm itself. Wow, I totally uh, reuse words that's pretty I shouldn't have. I'm so- <laughs> Just leave us a review. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Well, and, and again, we hope that this episode give you a good introduction to what you can do on Binance. And with that... If you need an extra primer, go check out the newsletter. Yeah, that's Link true. Link in the show notes. Sounds good. Thanks everyone for tuning in and talk to you next week.